You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys and gals. A full week of practice in the books uh, for you Cleveland Browns. Uh, Obviously, tomorrow, 4 p.m., you know, team scrimmage, 30,000 tickets or more. So, obviously, it should be a very, very nice draw and, you know, Almost everybody, you know, fired up, and you know, we'll, we'll see how it works. Obviously, we already know there's going to be a bunch of bodies that aren't available, um, which led to a roster move today, which we'll get here to in a second. Your local experts on the biggest story, Pete Smith, along for the ride here with me, Jeff Lloyd, um, for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Locked on Browns is brought to you by the support of Manscaping, um, who is the number one in the in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, at manscaped.com. That is, again, 20% off. Manscaped.com, using the promo code LOCKEDON, capital on the first letter. Uh, I guess we'll get to it. Yeah, um, you know, look, Blake Jackson, obviously, was doing a really nice job, and we've kind of tried to talk about it, you know, these feel-good stories at the back end of the wide receiver position. Um, but look, with Derek Willies already doing what he's doing and kind of showing everybody, look, ain't nothing changed. You know, you only got a small sample size of me, but I can still play. And a lot of you people want to talk about how you want that big-bodied wide receiver. Derek Willies does bring that, and he's doing a really, really good job to this point. So there's five right off the bat. Um, you know, obviously, Damian, Damian Ratley's not doing himself any favors right now with being unable to participate. But this was going to be a really, really tough wide receiver room to make. And here's the problem when you're a fringe at the positional group you are where Blake Jackson was, and it was really tough. I mean, if he had showed out well, there may have been a home for Blake Jackson. But obviously, knee injury now, you know, he posted himself that it, you know they think it's probably a six-week thing minimum. With guys who are going to make the final 53 unable to participate right now, Seth DeValve could be one of those marginal names. But you're already two tight ends out of what you think could be a part of the final 53. Uh, so you needed somebody. That room was getting light, and it was getting light pretty quick. Um, and there's just certain drills you need to do. And even with these preseason games, even if you know the guy's not going to make your team, there's certain looks you want to get in, and you're going to need the available p- bodies at the position, which brings in uh, Miami of Ohio native uh, McQuan Dean, Pete. Um, yeah, so Blake Jackson's injury, uh, I think, has everything, you know, is why the timing works out the way it does. But even if he wasn't injured, I don't think his future is in Cleveland. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that he did get hurt. But because my initial reaction was, well, he's not going to make it here. So this is giving him an opportunity to go ahead and get a jump start on making it elsewhere because. They need guys who can uh, operate on special teams, and right now, I, I you know we'll see. But I but I, we talked about this. I don't remember uh, several, maybe a week or two ago, talking about how you know being a playmaker and catching passes for those fifth and sixth receivers is nice, but it's really not the deal. Uh, you know, it's going to you know what are you going to see on guys get guys that's really going to make plays too sort of uh, adds to the adds to it. But uh, I I think this was going to happen at some point. Um, as for McQuan Dean, he's a Western Kentucky tight end. Uh, he is similar profile as Seth Devolve. He's 240 and change, uh, 6'3", very fast, very, very fast straight line speed, a 4'4". Take that with a grain of salt. Maybe, maybe you even drop that to a 4'6". That's still very, very fast. Productive for the Hilltoppers. He, he had like 19.1% March or something like that, which is very good. Um, he's going to profile in that mold of that space tight end that can hopefully add a few things in terms of being a wing guy that can block uh, and those those things. But uh, and 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 similarly, like when it was AJ Ouellette, I like. Uh, them adding this guy because I do think he has a chance to contribute. So uh, this is in response to Devalve and now Demetrius Harris, both in the concussion protocol. And they, again, like with Ouellette, they need guys to make sure they can rep. But I, I do feel like this is a guy who can theoretically 
make a team and contribute. Uh, maybe more destined for the practice squad, but he's got he's got a shot to compete against uh, Carlson, the other Princeton tight end wide receiver, and then ultimately, if if he's still around, if he's shown enough, devolve when he comes back healthy. But you know, it's unfortunate. It, it, but it's like that running back situation where they suddenly had a a couple of injuries mount up at one position, and they need to be able to actually practice so they go ahead and get another guy but the the same time this is another guy i think has at least athletically and from a production standpoint traits that can be uh impactful but we'll see if he can ultimately you know show enough because he's i think this is already his third team uh i think he was initially to buffalo uh and then i think seattle for a minute so we'll see uh but you know i like Obviously, I like getting athletes with production that can come in and potentially, you know, make some noise. Um, it's you know, look, it, it, it may be a, it could, literally could be a cup of coffee until you get the other two tight ends back. But the other thing is, if you're talking about head in, head injuries right now, um, look, you know the role Harris is going to bring. Uh, it'll be Fells, but you know, similar to, um, if Seth does end up making this roster, we know the player that Seth DeValve is. But there is zero reason to be messing around with any type of head injury right now. And, you know, it's August 2nd. Um, you know, there's, you know, do they need to play week one? No, they don't need to play week one. So, but you still got to get this practice work done. Um, so, it, especially head injuries, there is no reason to be, you know, it, it, the long game here is more more than okay. But, yeah, um, the athletic trial, it's not complete. Um, but what is there of it is good. Uh, you know, obviously was a part of the Western Kentucky offense. Caught, you know, caught a good amount of balls down there. Interesting guy to bring in, but in you know something to get you through these next couple of weeks. And look, the practices are just probably even more important than the games. So y- you need to be able to do what you, you know, the certain amount of work. And this is one where you know the tight end coaches look, guys. I don't know if I have enough for everything you want to do. And then you know, sadly, something ha- like this happens to Blake Jackson. And you know, Blake, uh, we know your number. Uh, works out, and we feel having back. But you know, you hate it for you hate it for Blake Jackson though, because uh, you know the kid was obviously working his tail off, and now it's just you know he's going to go into limbo because there's going to be guys in all these you know week one, two, three, and four preseason games who are now going to become hotter commodities, and Blake Jackson's name it's not going to remember for what he did in practices. The games would have been what got him where he was. Uh, Pete, it seems like <laughs> it's it, it's not surprising, but um, Odell just brings you. Just one a day where you just – you walk away and just like, man, not everybody does that. And the play in particular, and uh, it was Callis at guard today. and I'm sorry, Callis. And uh, got beat like a drum by Daniel Quale. Baker threw one of the crappiest balls you'll ever see in your life. And I'm pretty sure it was Terrence Mitchell on him. And Baker with a one-handed low and away makes the catch. And even see Terrence Mitchell looking down like, dude, what did you just do? How did you do that? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a superstar, and that that's what you get out of that. Is you're going to get some of those plays that you know can, can can do that. You can essentially take over a game, and you know, up to this point, I mean, Odell Beckham has done nothing short of live up to everything, you know, expectation wise in terms of what he can do, what he brings to this team, and all those type of type of things. So, it's it's certainly good. I mean, obviously, it, it's great to see you know clips of this clips of this type of stuff for fun uh but it makes sure that there that that even if there are some as this get, goes further and further and it feels like the dog days of camp it's sort of that thing that gives you a little bit of you know a little bit of fun a little bit of a light uh in this and that you know you remind you how good he is and those types of things so yeah, I mean, there's always, there's never a dull moment in terms of a day of practice because at some point he's going to rip off a big play. It is just the absolute treat and pleasure to have, and you know, it's it's just nice to have that dude. And look, there aren't many of them. You know, it's a New Hopkins, it's a Julio Jones, and if I forget another name here, I apologize, guys. But this is the upper echelon of the upper upper echelon. And seeing as I brought up Terrence Mitchell. Um, the thing with Terrence Mitchell, um, it seems like some people forgot media-wise and the folks out there, Terrence Mitchell was the number two cornerback on this team last year. 
And Pete, he was really, really damn good. And yeah, he may not be the most athletic of the bunch, but he understands he's a little bit bigger. He understands he's a little bit longer. And you know, somebody had it listed today. You know, and they, you know, Denzel, Greedy, Carrie, Mitchell, and then somebody else is going to have to fill out this group. That just seems, in my opinion, a little bit, a little bit disrespectful to Terrence Mitchell. Right. I, I don't. You know, the Browns would love. I, I've said this. I continue to believe this. The Browns would love nothing more than for Greedy Williams to really take and own that position. Having said that. Terrence Mitchell does a few things that this, you know, the coaching staff last year liked, the coaching staff this year likes. He's physical, he tackles, and at least last year, he had a knack for making plays, uh, coming up with big plays, a couple of forced fumbles, interceptions, that type of stuff. Early in the year, that sort of helped set a tone uh, for the year in terms of the attitude and all that stuff. In general, he's a pretty average corner, uh, but he competes, and, you know, that's fine. He'll, he'll, He'll give up some plays and do that. But right now, in the same way that Austin Corbett has to beat out what I'm assuming will be uh, Eric Cush in terms of the baseline, I think it's the same thing with Greedy Williams. And I, and I don't think that's uh, I, I don't think that's as easy or as quick as maybe some people will want with Greedy Williams. I think they're gonna you know uh, get very excited about the, the big plays he makes and that's great. But in terms of the day-to-day play-to-play type things, I I think he's going to take a little bit of time, especially when it comes to uh, proving to this coaching staff that he's going to be able to hold up physically and and become a consistent tackler. And at least for the moment, Terrence Mitchell gives you some of that. And and, and this this gives them more options in terms of if they want to move Greedy Williams around and play some matchup stuff, or they want to move Denzel Ward inside to the slot and put Greedy Williams on the other side. You know, it gives them a lot of different opportunities for looks. And and uh, I don't think – I don't expect Terrence Mitchell would have kept up the pace in terms of making plays over the course of last year. It certainly was a bummer when he hurt his wrist uh, and went out for such an ex- extended period of time. Uh, so he sort of gave you a very good first impression, and the injury sort of made it so, you know – if he wasn't great, uh, he sort of had an out. And again, uh, that's not to say he's a bad player. He's not. A, he's just not a great player, um, which is fine. He doesn't need to be. He just needs to be a solid, uh, consistent corner. And he's, you know, and obviously with the length, because, um, you know, the one thing, you know, where, you know, obviously Denzel, you know, obviously Denzel Ward, you know, uh, you know, best in show by a bunch. The one thing Denzel doesn't bring you is a size presence and you have that in other guys. And there's just going to be some matchups where maybe, you know, and we've talked about this where, you know, hey, if somebody's killing you from the slot and you want to know what Denzel, go take care of that. We got guys that can take care of these bigger guys on the outside. It's a better matchup for them, and we're just going to allow you to solve whatever the biggest issue might be for us. And it, it, it's, a, it, it's a nice rotation. If Greedy fast tracks, that makes it all the more better, obviously. Pete's going to tell you about the good folks over at Blue Chew. We got listener questions, more stuff to get to, and we're going to keep plowing on through here on Locked on Browns. Uh, it's a new Hall of Fame week. Uh, it's... It's your opportunity, as always, to be the uh, Hall of Famer in the, the spouse's uh, life, uh, making sure you're, you're always bringing the, the best, uh, making sure you're producing at an elite level for a few, few years, uh, and then bringing the consistency to make sure you, uh, you make it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, if, you're, if you're not making her Hall of Fame, chances are somebody else will be. Uh, and the good folks at Blue Chew are here to make sure you can do that, uh, not only in terms of Making sure you hit your peaks, uh, but consistency and and for you know for some that uh, have the time and the energy, uh, reload and get back in there and get to it. Uh, again, it's all about making sure your greatness for an extended period of time to qualify for the great ones. Uh, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as. Viagra and CL, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever you, the opportunity arises. And you, you, you can get a prescription uh, easily. It's discreet. Uh, not that you should ever need to be ashamed about it. Uh, you're making the spouse happy. She's going to be happy, and that's all that really matters. But nevertheless, they're going to take care of you. 
you don't have to put your business out on Front Street, but uh, check out check out Blue Chew, put in the locked out code, save, and make the spouse happy so she can make you happy. And as always, to the fine folks, uh, appreciate the sponsorship uh, of all of us over here at Locked On. Pete, uh, me for one, I, I I can't wait to get to next Thursday because I just need to see something. Obviously, we're going to want to see a lot of things, and maybe we'll get to some better from here tomorrow. But you know. Every day it seems like the daily return from the right guard, and we went in this a little bit last night, so we won't go too deep. It, it just it it doesn't seem good. It, it seems like the situation might possibly be getting worse before it's getting better. As far as right guard, yes. Sir. Uh, and again, we've talked about this. My you know my hope is, and and, and I, I suppose it doesn't matter to me if whoever it is, I, I just continue to believe Kalis is sort of going to ultimately be the odd man out. But ultimately, I'd really like them to get to two guys quickly uh, here because I, I think three is just too long. Uh, I think they need to get more of a day-to-day thing going in terms of getting guys to rep there. I, I, I don't, you know, I understand the argument, but it really doesn't bother me uh, that they are moving guys around. But I, I do think it does bother me in the sense that you know, you're only getting every third practice getting with the ones. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's great that you're repping with with the twos or whatever. But, you know, because you are moving around, I think it's more important that they, they get to two guys and make it more of a day-to-day competition. Uh, let's figure out who the odd man out is at the very least and, and, and sharpen that competition up. So hopefully they get a little more consistent, get a little more effective. Uh, that would be good, but yeah. Again, and I, I, it seems consistent with me. What what I've seen, what I've read, all that stuff. That uh, in terms of mental mistakes and and some physical mistakes, that Kayla seems to be the worst thus far. And I, and I do think he's going to prove to be an NFL caliber player. It just doesn't mean he needs to be a starter. Uh, and that's where we are. Uh, look, you know, hopefully we can start to see something tomorrow. Um, obviously Thursday night, Washington Redskins. Hopefully we can start to tell a tale here. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see at least something start to sound positive out of the right guard position because to this point, I don't think anything truly has. Um, from our buddy Lucky, on the defensive side of the ball, we are pretty sure what we think this front four should be able to do. What part of the rest of the defense, whether it's the linebackers in, whether it's the linebackers in coverage or in run, or the D-backs um, will be tested the most in the, which is going to be the difficult part, is the first six games of this season, Pete. Say that again? Well, I, you know, he's he's basically saying you know the confidence in the front four to do what they're going to be asked to do should be high. What's what, what, what part, whether it's the linebackers, whether it's the secondary, which is the bigger concern over the first six games when you're playing the tougher part of the schedule? I, it's the secondary. I mean, but every, Joe Schobert is Joe Schobert. He's very, very good. And and I, I'm not worried about Chris Kirksey in terms of, is he going to do his job? It's a question of how effective he's going to be. He knows his assignments. He knows where he has to go. I You know, I think ho- hopefully the coaching staff being better helps him. Hopefully he's healthier. That helps him. Uh, but I'm not worried he's going to be in the wrong spot. I, I think there's far more question with the secondary Denzel Ward should be great. Uh, entering his second year, he should be f- fantastic. But when you get to the other corner spot, which is a question, uh, and 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 then you get to those safeties, and then that plus the matchup stuff, which I think is ultimately a big benefit for the Browns, but could result in some early miscommunications or some some you know missed assignments or some of that where you get into the whole you know week one, week two type thing. Uh, where you see some finger pointing on, on 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 a broken coverage, and somebody thought somebody else was supposed to be doing something, or, or one of those type things. But they are very young. I mean, Demarius Randall's a veteran. He's he's going to do his best to get guys lined up and in the right spot. Ward makes life easier in that he he should be you know able to take on one receiver, and you're you're hopefully working with a smaller group. But Jermaine Whitehead, you know, if it's Eric Murray, if it's Morgan Burnett, if it's you know, those type of guys, and then, you know, the other corner spot, there are way more, I have way more questions about that than I do 
at linebacker. It doesn't mean the linebacker group outside of Schobert, who I think will have a career season, will be better. It just means I, I, I have more reason to have the certain expectations in terms of they're going to be where they're going to be. And it's just a question of if they're going to be good enough to be for the play. I'm way more concerned about mental errors for the secondary. And that is one of the things where having, you know, this, you know, and, you know, people talk about there, you know, there could be, you know, they're deep at the cornerback. Obviously, you have four and, you know, whatever's going to fill out that. And, you know, obviously there's, you know, five, I guess, safeties or so on this roster right now. But if you end up keeping all these guys and Wilkes, who likes to play them all, yeah, I mean, the more mixes and matches, it sounds like a smart idea, but communication is key and it's huge. And if there's, you know, a guy, a lot of guys who aren't out there too familiar with each other and, you know, you put out one look where it's, you know, these guys maybe get three or four, you know, reps in a game, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of it is just going through reps and, you know, like, even if this is your assignment, well, I know he's a little weak there. He knows I'm a little weak here and it's a mixing and matching kind of on the fly and it's hard, it's kind of hard to have that cohesiveness if you're continually shuttling in and out players. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think it can be a, a big-time strength for them. I think they can go into games and, and have certain matchups. And even last year, uh, you know, you have a guy like T.J. Carey able to make an impact on a guy like Julio Jones. That's, you know, that's great. It, uh, being able to sort of mix and match where where who and where you put Denzel Ward in a situation, having a player like Greedy Williams you can use theoretically as a wild card, you know, it, it, as much as they're using three safeties, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some situations where they use one safety and put another corner and he's technically the strong, strong safety, but he's really another corner being matched up. And that could be Greedy Williams early on and those type of things. But as good as those things are, that can lead to mental mistakes and some blown coverages and that. And, and they may see some of those early and they're playing some very good teams that could expose that type of stuff. But I think as they get more comfortable, as they get, you know, confident in what they're doing and understanding all, all of what Steve Wilkes wants to do. And, and he may hold back a little bit from that front uh, in, in terms of that. So he doesn't, you know, put them in situations where, where they could end up making some of those mental mistakes. But nevertheless, that, that has the most volatility of the defense at this point. And it's 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 where you're going to be. And look, it's great that you have Denzel, but you know, and then if greedy fast tracks, then there's you know that and what you're going to have to worry about with, you know, you know where do you now fit in Mitchell? Where do you now fit in Carey? Um, it's a nice problem to have, but it's it's still a problem nonetheless. Um, okay, from Kyle Quinlan, if we were in charge of the Browns, and we've gotten to this a little bit. Um, how much would Odell be playing this preseason and yay or nay on punt returns? We talked about the punt returns last night. If it's a money spot and you have a ridiculously good athlete like Odell, I, I guess it's a shame to not try to take your best shot there. But, you know, if he's shagging a punt in the first quarter, no, I see you know that. And, Pete, is there really a reason Odell needs to take a preseason rep? <sighs> The answer is yes, but probably no. I mean, I you know, it's one of those. Things it's not like he is. It's not like he doesn't bust his ass. I mean, because I think they literally pull him out of team drills because it's like, dude, you're going 110 percent already. So let's get you from away from this. And it's not a contact thing, guys. Odell can take a hit. But you know, if you if you want the reason why Odell probably doesn't play, it's a preseason game against the Browns where Brian Body Calhoun got him, uh, yep. and, and and you know sort of tweaked his ankle and knee area. Um, look, it was never a, I, it was never a dirty hit. Then Brian Body, Brian Body Calhoun was just trying to get a guy down. Uh, he caught him between the knee and ankle. I mean, it was really more like in the calf area. And some people, I know Giants people were all over it. Look, it's football. You're going to get hit. Yeah, I mean, like. I, I think Odell Beckham would rather play because that's just sort of who he is. Um, and, and, and there's no question that everybody would love to see, you know, Baker, you know, guide one in there in between a couple defenders where Odell Beckham takes it to the house. I don't think there's any question. Uh, but at the same time, it's just not, you know, it's, it's not, the risk is not worth the reward on that. So I don't expect he will. I expect everybody. Uh, I expect Landry will play very little. 
but play a little bit. You know, he'll play some, but get out quick. And then, you know, Higgins and Callaway and all those guys will get a ton of reps. Uh, you know, I think I don't think Higgins will play longer than Baker Mayfield does in any game. But I think, uh, you know, if, if Baker Mayfield's out there, then Higgins will be out there as much as he is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's, it's like it's one of those things. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but that's that's about as far as it goes. It's and look at everybody. I understand you're excited for it, and I truly get it. But it's 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 also the you know, yeah, it's your brand new Christmas present. But you know, technically, it's not Christmas morning yet. So it's like there's that tough aspect of it. And look, I'll feel a hell of a lot better myself if Baker Mayfield. I mean, if Odell Beckham is watching. Yeah, it's I, I you know, and it, it, there's been a couple of significant injuries with Odell. And look, I want. All hands on deck to go wreck Tennessee Week One. So I, I, I other than I, I, I don't care. I seriously don't care about the preseason with Odell Beckham. And you know he's almost at that point. And look, you know, Julio Jones. He's, why, why am I going to play in the preseason? Why? What, what's you know? There's nothing Odell's. There's nothing Odell's going to gain by playing in the preseason. Um, it's there's certainly negatives, but there's nothing he's going to gain. Um, Pete, Dontrell Hilliard, um, look, obviously he's getting a lot of work right now, and it's not that, and I know I've said it, look, it's never that I didn't, you know, I I didn't think Dontrell Hilliard could be something. Um, look, zero carries, so, you know, that's a question you would have, and look, there's going to be eight games, obviously, with three running backs, with Nick, with Duke, uh, with Dontrell Hilliard, um, him becoming a player, that's a good thing, and uh, I, I'm assuming we're going to see Dontrell Hilliard a really, really good amount this August. I, I would assume it's going to be a whole lot of Dontrell Hilliard and Kareem Hunt. Um, well, maybe you know, if, if, if Kareem can get on the field, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's I don't expect you're going to see a ton of Chubb. Uh, it doesn't make make much sense, but I mean, like with Hunt, you know, other than injury, him taking a few hits isn't a big deal because then he's going to be obviously suspended for eight, nine weeks. So, you know, they, they may want to get him some reps, but yeah, I think Hilliard's going to get a ton of those ton of work. And I think you're going to see him have to, you know, showcase if he can run the ball and hopefully get going in that area. So he doesn't become a one dimensional threat and teams have to respect him on that angle. But certainly I'd like to see him, you know, potentially utilized, not just as a guy you dump the ball off to, but hopefully so showcase some route running and, and do those type of things. But yeah, I mean that the Browns have sort of a very delicate running back situation currently with the whole Duke Johnson situation and then Kareem Hunt and then Nick Chubb and, and Nick Chubb's your dude. Uh, you're not going to want him to, to spend him at, it, at much, if at all, in the preseason. So, you know, by virtue of the roster, you know, Kareem Hunt sort of has to take carries, you know, assuming he's healthy. And then Dontrell Hilliard's got to take a ton. I mean, if, if they've still got Ouellette at that point, great. I mean, mm-hmm. he can absorb a ton of carries and showcase himself. Well, it seems almost like, um, you know, to Ernest Johnson, it, it almost seems like it might be Ouellette, uh, you know, all that before that. Um, and look, it, you know, with the two running backs being out, Nick's getting some really, really good work each and every practice and you know there's the you know there's the few certainties where he's getting taken down but you know no reason to have to take a hit in august for nick chubb so it could be you know quick series you know just see some live competition wearing different uniforms but uh you know we're pretty confident in what you have in that respect pete mac wilson had an interception today and took it to and people saying he took it to the house please Watch the replay the Browns posted. I mean, one of the coaches blocked one of the offensive players. So, look, but great job on his part. Um, and this gets into something we got into a little bit today. Um, guys, you can beat up on Pete. That's fine. But Pete's changed his stance if he's been wrong. We did it with Greg Robinson. Breshard Perriman. Antonio Callaway, there were mistakes. I was saying, well, why isn't he running a daylight? And Pete said, well, he's normally a running back. And da 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 Pete was on here last night defending Antonio Callaway, a pick he was once against. Um, but nothing's changed. So just, I mean, I don't understand. Like, 
piece of valuation of Mac Wilson that was, you know, when the selection was made and obviously during the draft process, not a game's been played, not even a preseason game, not even, and obviously not a regular season game. So Pete's supposed to waffle on his evaluation now because, and here's the best part is, is I've seen five or six tweets about the interception. I don't know if Ann threw it. I still don't know if Gilbert threw it because I think six reports I saw of the interception. Three of them had Stanton. Three of them had Gilbert. So as far as uh, Mac Wilson goes, based on the data, he didn't produce at Alabama woefully. Like he didn't produce, he produced less than as a tackler, which is the job of the linebacker. Then, uh, then, then, uh, what's his face? Uh, freaking Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams did more tackling at LSU as a corner, where he's criticized for tackling than Mac Wilson did as a linebacker. That's very damning. I don't care who you are. Uh, and he didn't test athletically. And if you watch his tape. He reads slow in terms of the run defense. Now, if you read what I actually wrote, which certain guys who get on here can't, too many words, they see paragraphs and they immediately shut down. Uh, if you look at what I wrote about Mac Wilson, I note the fact that he's got a great first step dropping into coverage and he can do certain things in that respect or at least look interesting enough that there are things he might be able to do and the Browns may have looked at him at a specific coverage role. So... Him making a play in coverage isn't all that surprising in the same way that Sione Taki Taki struggling in coverage because it's something he hasn't done before or much at all. This doesn't surprise me. Now, it's one play in a practice against one of the shitty quarterbacks. That's great, but settle down. Uh, and, and that's fine. Look, nothing would be better than me saying Mac Wilson was great, I was loud wrong. But this, the problem is so often this ends up going exactly the way I say it does, and then people get don't like to remember that I said these things and just focus on something else. I don't get a lot of people, very very few, come back and go, you were right. So, Especially, and that worst part is I actually had to give them the ones where you did this. And, it, guys, literally, we every player, every move they make, it's here. It's archived. You can go back to Locked On Browns episodes for almost two years. You can still hear them today. So when I say these things in a tweet, it's because we said it. And I still remember the Chiefs game last year. Obviously, they got their doors blown off. Pete, I can't believe this, but they're going to try to make Bashard Perriman a thing. And the two of us were stunned. And what happened? They made Wrongs will be admitted. And we talk about every single player Every single move, it's there. So, you know, if I, and the other thing is, is, we do this for 45 minutes to an hour. I remember what we spoke of. I have a ridiculously sick memory. I've, ha- I've been this way since I was a child. And this is why when I talk with my wife and my kids, and I tell them, I don't, if I don't know, means I don't know. But if I gave you an answer to what you asked me about a memory, a time, a question, if I give you a direct answer, I am 150% confident. So I do remember all this stuff. So yeah, I, there are certain times, and, and for God's sakes, Pete, it was last night you were defending Antonio Galloway. So, I mean, that just, it, it just, you know, obviously Twitter always gets, you know, nonsense at times. And, you know, it, it, and I love the fact that I could be less and less off of it, but now, obviously, I've got to be more and more on it. But it is what it is. Uh, another one here from Lucky. Will the Browns be able to use what they learned from their adversary, adversity during the season last year to help push to get successful. Can that carry over with some more talent, Pete, if they do get themselves into the playoffs? I mean, did they get into a position where, you know, rubber meets the road? You know, you got to get some wins. Obviously, they liked Freddie. They were trying to hope to keep him around. You know, they didn't want, you know, certain players moved on from. Did did enough go on to get to 7-8-1 and one that would help them where the playoff pool wasn't too big? I hope so. I mean, that remains to be seen. I mean, I think in certain respects, you're going to, there, there's some obvious ones that should fuel them in that way. And that starts with like Baker Mayfield in those couple road games where he threw a bunch of interceptions early. Uh, you know, I, I can't admit, you know, I, I'm sure that bothered him all off season and he's been working on that specifically. Uh, so that part is, is, is there. Um, and then in other respects, sure. I, I think Miles Garrett was pushed by the fact that he wasn't 
you know, he, he's in phenomenal shape last year, and he's allegedly even better shape this year. But he was pushed by the fact that he wasn't where he wanted to be in terms of being able to finish games or having to come off the field in certain situations. Uh, that th- Those are things where you can see that sort of, you know, one thing to the next. Now, as far as a team overall, that's more difficult to to, to really – quantify or, or see. I mean, I, I don't doubt that Freddie Kitchens is probably playing into some of those things a little bit, whether it's in film or... or And definitely with the physicality that he's preaching in practices. You know, definitely, like, look, 7-8-1 is great, boys, but uh, if we want to be this, this is what it's going to take. Yeah, so, look, the, the again, the answer is I hope so. You know, you, you want guys to sort of fuel themselves based on stuff they saw last year or how close they were in some of those games to finish and, and particularly those overtime games that they, they fell short in. You want to, you know, basically talk, I'm sure a big part of what they're talking about this year is just finishing those games, finishing those games in, in regulation. So they don't have to go to overtime, finish those games in overtime. If you go to overtime to win, uh, you know, and some of that takes care of itself and that you, you don't, you're, you're on to Baker Mayfield as opposed to Tyrod Taylor. And there's certain other players where you're, you know, you're going to make, uh, you know, a, a bit, a bit, a bit of a leap by having certain players in. But yeah, there's no question that you want guys like that. I don't doubt that Larry Ogunjobi is is motivated by, you know, being trying to one try to avoid injury, but certainly to continue to better his shape so he he can play more plays, even though he played an obscene amount last year. Uh, and then you know, other guys, whether it's rookies trying to come into the second year. Whether it's you know some vet, like a guy like Chris Kirksey motivated by the fact that you know he finished the year hurt, the the team finally was enjoyed success and he wasn't able to be there for that. Like those things have to drive him insane. Or Demarius Randall motivated by any number of things. First, he doesn't want to play hurt as tough as he is. He doesn't want to have to do that. And he obviously motivated by the contract situation, wanting to have a year. So team wide. All you can say is you hope so. Uh, you know we'll see what happens when they actually get on the field because they're going to have to prove it. Uh, you know you get into that whole cliche of you're not they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. So uh, we'll see. I, I, there's absolutely every reason to believe that that should be a big thing for them. Uh, but but when it comes to you know the fourth quarter, you know against the team like uh, the the. New England Patriots or, or these Steelers games? Are they going to be able to tap into something and finish those games and win those games, or are they going to fall short and still have more to learn? And here's one thing where, I, for me, where this gives a positive answer to this. Um, you know, Joe Schobert with his, his injury last year, Rashard Higgins with him, you know, obviously both missed time. They flew back. They wanted to be back as fast as they possibly could, did everything they could. J.C. Treader, Larry Ogunjobi, finishing the season and obviously we've we've heard you know how much these guys put into it and maybe they shouldn't have been doing it um and that was just to maybe sniff a wild card and to be in it till week 16 so i I think you've got the right recipe of individuals on this roster and yeah and there's a you know there's still a good balance of these guys have been around here for a couple years now and you know look you know, there's still a bunch of guys that 0-16 freaking sucked. Seven wins was fantastic. January football? Hell yeah. We're ready to go. We want to be a part of it. So, you know, I don't have any doubts. I really think the recipe of talent slash what you're going to do for the rest of your brothers, so to speak, as teammates, I think you've got that. Guys, um, Zabo Apparel, obviously I talk about them all the time. Um Big fans of their work. Um, made by diehard Cleveland Browns fans for diehard Cleveland Browns fans. Get unique tees like the Dogfather, Darth Baker, and Cleveland and the Masters of the AFC North at Zabo Apparel. A veteran-owned business. Shop online at www.szaboapparel.com. Or stop in the store at 5171. I'm sorry, 5571 Liberty Avenue, the Liberty Avenue in Vermilion. Um, big fans, and look, you know, throw a veteran in there. You guys know that. Uh, you know, it's nice to help out somebody who's put a putting out great 
you know, obviously a quality, quality content. Uh, if you check their uh, Zabel Apparel Twitter uh, page, they, they got another one cooking out here today. Uh, I love the Freddy's Kitchen one as well. Um, the shirts look sharp, and it's a nice blend of, you know, originality and thought process in it. So check out the folks over at Zabo Apparel. Next question, Pete, here. Um, Kareem Hunt, um, if this goes really well, and obviously it's a small sample size, um, we have a, a listener here asking for what the re- return would be as far as Kareem moving on. Tagged. Uh, what is it? It's a, it's a third-round tender, I guess? If, if you go original round, yeah, I mean, that that's its own categorization. But, yeah, I mean, it's either first, second, or original round. And in Kareem's Hunt, Kareem Hunt's case, that would be third. Um, I'd rather just keep him for another year then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think – look, I, I don't think if, if he's here that they're, they're going to go anything lower than a second. Um, and I think, you know, I think second – if he has a productive – you know, final eight games or into the playoffs or whatever. Uh, I think second is where I think first is where you put a first round tender if you expect you're going to keep him and you don't even want to mess with it. That yep. to me, that is what that is. Second is where I think you're willing to. Well, even still, though, you put the first round on him, you're definitely keeping him because there's some franchises that aren't going to touch him. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's if you put the first round tender on, you're saying you're resigning for that four million or whatever the first round tender is. I think second round is where you get into you're willing to see if somebody wants to pony up. Uh, and, and again, to me, I think a second round pick is worth more than the risk and everything that comes with it, uh, especially if you're you're trying to get. You Plus, know, you already have Nick. Right, you're trying to get more premium positions. So, you know, another second-round pick could be an offensive tackle. It could be another defensive tackle. It could be another corner. It could be another receiver, as you're going to need some of these things. Uh, another safety. Uh, so I think if they go second-round tender, they're, they're looking to see if somebody's going to 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 do business. And, you know, at that point, if they, if they you know, they can match if they want to. But I expect they'd... More, more like the pick. So I think first round pick says you're staying. We're keeping you one more year. Second round pick is at least dabbling in the notion that that, that they could let him go and take a pick. I don't see unless he, you know, basically doesn't play this year. I don't see original round tender in his future. No, uh, no. And um, it, it, here's one before we kick it to you for your. Um, I forget who the writer is, and it, but definitely was big. Definitely verified. Um, at this point, Pete, he doesn't have Carlos Hyde as a member of the final 53 of the Kansas City Chiefs. Pardon me? Um, whoever it is, and I feel bad for doing this, um, because I think Evans, Evan Silver retweeted it, so obviously there's somebody, you know, Evan's pretty credible, so anybody's going to give that to. Carlos Hyde not being a member of the final 53 in Kansas City. Oh, I think that's probably likely. It's just not, I don't see it as a good fit. Right, I mean they they've got bigger like some you know they don't have a, a true like big back type guy they've got to, you know like uh, what's his face uh, Will, is it Williams that's Damian Williams yeah, oh, oh no no they have him and then there's another one yeah they've got more speed there I think that makes more I I, I don't see you know I, you know you can say well it's a short yardage specialist which you know whatever. But it just if, they, if, if there's like, certainly somebody labeled as a short yard specialist, it's Carlos. He's fine. It's just it's a curious fit to take sort of a big plotting back when you've got you know uh, Patrick you've got Mahomes, four, but you got a four it, by four hundred team everywhere else, and then you uh, and like, you bring in Carlos Hyde. So it's just weird. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that I I, I would would not be honest. I, I'm not convinced that that uh, Carlos Hyde has not already taken his last carry at regular season carry in his NFL career. Oh, Pete dropping a bold one here on a Friday night. Um, or Pete, league-wise, NFL-wise, I mean, obviously, I know you were enamored with Drew Luck last night, but league-wise, Brown-wise, anything, what you got for us? What do we miss? Honestly, if anything else has happened, I haven't seen it. Uh, so I, I think it's been a relatively quiet Friday. I maybe I missed something big uh, with everything I've got going on, but uh, it seems like it's been pretty quiet. Other than the Browns making their move, which is not a huge deal, but it's 
you know, notable. All right, then we'll go to this, Pete. Where is the Streetsboro program currently? How are the boys looking? Oh, we're doing all right. We're two days. Uh, had our second one today. Have another one tomorrow. Um, you know, it's getting better season. Uh, so, so that that's always interesting. Uh, you know, set. which tomorrow, practices are the better ones? The morning ones or the afternoons? So far. The afternoon practices have been a little bit better. At that uh, age group, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's some of that. Um, so t- tomorrow is a big one for us because, you know, it's Saturday and, and we're not on our turf field for this one, So at least for the first practice. So that's, that's always a test to see if they'll come out with that same energy as they do when they get that cushy, cushy turf. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, so far, so good. Uh, you know, we've got... A good amount of talent. It's mostly pressure on us to sort of uh, get them where they need to be uh, and, and play well. But so anyway, we're excited about what we've got going. That's good. That's good. Now, uh, Pete, obviously, go ahead and you know plug away. Uh, Browns Maven, the work you're doing over there, and this may be something kind of similar, Pete, with the two minute. Uh, you know, obviously the two-minute audios that he does over there and the videos. Um, there's something in the works here with Locked On, and I don't think it's anything I can announce yet, but it, there's going to be a way that there's going to be a little bit more smaller sample features just in addition to the show, and it, it, it should be interesting. It, it seems very simple, but it, it's still... In an infantile, you know, so, but I, I mean, I, I'm still figuring out how to do it all, but it may be more of a, and obviously I'm not going to copy P's work, but, you know, and we'll see how it parlays to in-season type of stuff, but it's going to be something that'll, you know, hopefully help push the show, um, and maybe it's, you know, maybe they're copying Maven Pete, they might be. Well, I mean, it's, it just shows you where sort of things are going in the video. Look, I world. mean, all these companies do the same research and they take the feedback back, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, it just comes down to, you know, video and audio are, you know, a good way to get out there. Look, that's why we're on this right now. Um, of course. So, yeah, but as far as Bronze Maven goes, uh, I, 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 I did the, what I said I was going to do, which is the thing on Sionu Taki Taki. Uh, tomorrow or for tomorrow, it'll be discussing this latest Browns move and sort of the the ins and outs of that and sort of the the ripple effects. I think that that go on here. I don't think it's just, I, I think it's and we sort of touched on this. I think it has a little bit more of a reach than just player A for player B type thing. But uh, again, I, I think if you're trying to figure out who the fifth and sixth receiver are going to be, you know, as much as you want to see them make plays and stuff, especially when we get to preseason. If, if you want to see who's going to make the team, keep track of who and who is, who is on punt and who is doing well on punt in terms of those gunners. Uh, and you may get a lot of hints in terms of that when the Browns go out in preseason and you say who's either out there or isn't uh, to get a sense of that. But that's, that, I think, you know, again, the injury sped up the clock to me, but I think this was sort of a foregone conclusion at some point. They were going to have to move on from Blake Jackson. Uh, he's a nice slot receiver, but I, I just don't think the Browns had a roster spot for him. And I, and I do think that, you know, hopefully he gets healthy in time, uh, but I do think that he's ultimately going to be able to contribute for another team that has space for him. The Browns just simply don't have. And look, I mean, right now it's it, it's it's a five man unit. I think Willie's coming back, and look, you know, Baker found a nice sort of relationship with him, and I think that would have developed. I I don't think that was a one game fluke, and especially considering you know the Raven game is when Higgins got hurt. Willie's had a nice role. Um, if he hadn't gotten hurt the following Friday, I, I think Derek Willie's is safe. So now we're talking about a five man unit. Um, Ratley does have the special teams experience, but. He's not able to do anything right now. So maybe there's that sixth spot open. You know, Sheehy Giuseppe, I know a lot of people are excited there. Um, if he can show something maybe as a return man, because I don't know what he's going to bring you in coverage units on punt and kickoff. I mean, so there's that. Um, but if the first time the Browns punt Thursday night against Washington, 
look at the two guys who are on the outside. Um, if one of them is a wide receiver, uh, keep your eyes on that. It, it, it could mean it's something. Um, it could mean it's nothing, but certainly could mean it's something. I'm going to put a bow on this here. Um, obviously, as always, appreciate you guys for everything. iTunes rating reviews. Uh, you know, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, drop those. Uh, at Browns Maven, make sure you're following over there. Brownsmaven.com. Set up. Be a member. Interact in the store. Uh, interact in the forums. You know, on you know, obviously the stuff that Pete's posting, and and Pete's doing a really good thing here. He's obviously helping this podcast, but a bunch of other podcasts and stuff that he thinks is really. Browns relevant, you know, it's, you get a lot of good stuff put out there day in, day out at underscore Pete Smith underscore, make sure you're following over there. Uh, The Locked On Browns Twitter account at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, it's a follow back account, DMs are open on that account, also on my personal account at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, It's just easy, I mean, you guys, there's, I understand how many of you now, and I'm noticing it more and more. That you know, a lot of people just don't want to deal with the interaction of you know tweets and, and whatever. So go ahead, fire the DMs over. Um, for every ten I get, yeah, maybe two or three or spam or porn bots, whatever. But it's worth it to. I mean, if you guys are going to give us you know three thousand to five thousand listens a day, uh, I'll deal with stupid DMs and uh, you know from porn bots and oh I think you're cute and my god you need glasses worse than I do if that's the case honey Angelo whatever the latest one's name is that is what it is what but if you guys are all going to be here every day for me that's all the least I can do for everybody um this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound um tomorrow night we're going to get to talk about you know somewhat live action um, before Thursday against Washington, but you know, looking forward to it and just you know getting closer and closer to where it's you know now what will be game week and more you know getting into the routine of everything and just looking forward to it. Absolutely thrilled that it's here and you know hey it's August the summer for the most part is over, but let's rock this shit. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.